Hello and welcome to the Five Song Mixtape. We discuss a new mix each and every week. My name's Michael. I got cat called by a hooker this week. Ooh. And I'm Arjun. What'd they say to you? Well, we're both walking away from Home Depot. Okay. And uh, okay. I had my headphones in. She was saying something. Hey, Holmes. I was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 Looking for a job? <laughs> but uh, she uh, she was like, hey, Carrot Top. I was like, hey. And we just paused for a second. She's like, do the carpets match the drapes? I don't know what to say to this. <laughs> I just ran away. <laughs> no hooker. How'd Never you know? know. How'd you know she was a hooker? Um, <laughs> she usually just assume. Usu- <laughs> no. just assume. So, yeah. Usual conversations <laughs> don't lead right to the genitalia area, and then when she's like, "Thank you." Yeah, yeah, I got you. So literally, it's like, like person over there. I don't know. Tell me about your hair down yeah. below. Let's talk about your pubes. Yeah. Maybe Stranger. she was just a very forward woman that wanted to fuck you. I... Well, okay. uh, Devin calls them all hookers, so it's just, <laughs> they're all hookers to me. Yeah. I've been Devin, listening to Andrew Tate lately. They're like all to, hookers. I, I, you know, this is gonna be a little in the future, but I would like to wish you a happy International uh, Lesbian Day today. Wait, October 8th. Today's Lesbian Day? Yeah, International Fuck. Lesbian Day. I'm not a lesbian anymore. I sold my Subaru. Okay, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I sold my Subaru. <laughs> we used to be glorious, glorious lesbians. <laughs> but yeah, she um, she was... So when I saw her first, she was getting out of a four-door sedan, and I had my headphones in, so I don't know what she was saying, but she was yelling at the car from a distance. And then we started walking the same direction. So I just assumed, because of the area, too, I assumed that she was a hooker. Mm. But, I mean, she was pretty good looking. I was surprised. Yeah? Once I got close up, you know? Yeah. She could have been So I have a girlfriend now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I've never been sexually assaulted in public before. Oh, yeah. I felt dirty. The in the it was before before the area got gentrified, but there's an area in Salt Lake that we lived in where the hookers they use big gulp big gulp big gulp cups as a sign for their hookerdom. What? Yeah, so there was like this really gross area that had like some gross motels, and there was a it was right off of State Street, which is like a main street in Salt Lake, and um, they would just sit on the corner and how they how you knew that they were ready for business was they had their big gulp cup and they would just put it out into the road a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just driving by like, hey, honey, you want to fill up my cup? <laughs> yeah, there's a hooker Weird. that was on our street. That was an old lady hooker. Um, <gasps> she was a nice lady. She was really crazy. She had like face tattoos and she was like in her 80s. Um, but she had... Was gen- she active? Yeah. She had gentlemen oh. coming over. So. Cool. Yeah. In her 80s? Yeah. Wow. People are weird. That's... Yeah. <laughs> I guess Salt Lake City probably has a bunch of weirdos <laughs> yeah. trapped in the snow. Yeah, there's a lot of pedophiles that come out of Salt Lake City. So, is that? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, like, if you've lived there and paid attention to the news, it's like, this man was found with hard drives. <laughs> it's like, it's all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's just downloading from Napster. <laughs> it's different. Yeah. That's weird hmm. people there. Yeah. But yeah, some people oh, want to yeah. fuck grannies. Can't blame them, you know? I mean, 
Yeah, I just don't expect. You know, like if I was opening a business, I would expect that I would have a product that more people would want, <laughs> not like a very niche thing. You know, what do you mean? Like, you don't want a niche. There's, uh, you just gotta it's be very simple. boutique. Simple with your menu. Okay, it's a simple menu, <laughs> but I mean, literally, his church does have a picture of a grandma smiling. He's like, "Love your grandma, I do too." <laughs> it's I mean, tried and that. true. It's experience. It's <sighs> it's been around <laughs> with teeth, without teeth. Your choice. I don't know. It's just like, why would you like open like an expired produce company? You know, it's like produce <laughs> on the they verge still of got, expiring. They got product. Yeah. Got to get it off the shelf. Yeah, maybe some people are into it because, like, the price is good. But, like, I wouldn't open a company dependent on that is all I'm saying. It's like, these tomatoes are a little bit squishy. Well, see, they didn't say that. It's like, you know, they make money that way, but they also have, like, an Etsy, so they sell stuff on the side. Oh, you think she was just selling bracelets out of her house? Yeah, this is, like, this is the side hustle. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> She's trying to sell her fucking Etsy necklaces to the Johns that come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this job ain't going to last forever. I got to have a side hustle. <laughs> Tell your friends about the necklaces, not the hand jobs. Maybe she's just very passionate about the work that she's put in. Maybe. I mean, they say you do what you love. You won't work a day in your life. You know? <laughs> she found her thing. <laughs> I don't know if I would be able to have, like, if I were to meet uh, a porn star, and I'm not talking about just, like, an average lady who's been nude on the internet. I'm talking about, like, a porn star, you know? Like a worker. Like, a, like she has put in the time. She put in her 100 yeah. hours, become a master at her profession. I don't yeah. know if I would be able to have, like, a simple conversation with someone like that. Because I'd just I be like, so. how many dicks have been here? Yeah. Please. Yeah. Tell me how how much cum has been in you. What's happened to your asshole? Tell me everything. I don't think they're smart enough to even count that high. So I don't think they keep track of it or anything. I was I heard on some podcast that um, the the porn star Adriana Chechik uh, trains for doing porn. Like she she works out specific exercises so she can do her job better mm. but she also apparently got her neck broken from doing porn Jesus. from being like pile driven oh god yeah. damn it that's crazy yeah. <laughs> it's like a it's like real a, sports injury it's like a ufc fight but they keep on going yeah they're like my arm's broken but i'm a i'm a submit him <laughs> yeah. i want to start doing commentary for porn <laughs> like this could be a career-ending injury for adriana <laughs> We'll never know if she recovers before uh, she's out of the game. Uh, she's Protect only got a few years left on her times. contract. Yeah. <laughs> the ref did not call it, so Lexington Steel was in the right on this one. They're call they're 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 taking a timeout that was on the accidental eye poke. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple eye pokes. Yeah, that's gotta uh, be that. I'm sure there's a big porn genre for just Porn bloopers that are out there. That seems pretty funny. Yeah, I wonder how many. Yeah. I've seen some. Uh, I forgot what it was, but I think it was just like a quick Reddit video. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure somebody has made like compilations of those. Yeah. That would be hilarious. Yeah. 
as long as nobody breaks their neck. Just to the Benny Hill song, too. Yeah. It's a weird, wide world out there. Weird, wild stuff. That's why we have a World Wide Web for the weirds. It's what it's all for. So, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. You know the truck nuts that they got? Oh, mm-hmm. the, the dangles? Yeah. yeah. Why don't they make car clits? <laughs> Just put them in, like, in the front of the car or something. Yeah. What's the deal have something with for that? The car. What's, the, what's the deal with truck nuts? All the trucks have nuts, but none of the cars have clits. Are they under the hood? <laughs> so I was at work the other day, and I was getting yelled at for like something, some list I didn't do or something like that. So then I started proving my points of like, well, this is like this, making it so like this couldn't be done. And I kept on just getting yelled at. It was like, that's not the case. It's literally, you did not get that done. So I literally was like, it's kind of just like a, you know, my, my owner is not aware of everything that goes on here. Your owner? Like you're a slave? Yes. And I was just like, there's a, you know, a comedian, Seinfeld, that he, it's a perfect situation. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, RJ. And I was like, what's the deal with this? And I, <laughs> I pulled one of those. Everybody in the room starts laughing. And he's like, I don't understand. Is that a question? <laughs> and I'm just like, ne- never mind, never mind. Yes, I'll get it done next week. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Way to impress your coworkers with a Seinfeld. Yeah. I was about to show my Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I was surprised that they know Seinfeld. No. Uh, are these the older ones? Yes. Yeah. Oh, That's okay. Yeah. Everybody knows Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. It would be funny to have a... Yeah. A, uh, you're talking about clits on cars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be yeah. funny. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but the idea of like a mobile glory hole, you know? And advertising <laughs> that mobile glory hole because you've got the you've got the Bang Bros or whatever that have like the mobile girls fucking in cars or whatever. Oh yeah, Bang Bros. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> porn stars in cars getting fucked. It's Jerry Seinfeld's other show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> comedians in cars getting blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, women in cars getting facials. <laughs> My favorite show. Uh. <laughs> uh, that's. I hope our entertainment goes this way. I hope just porn <laughs> and entertainment just collide. <laughs> just Jerry Seinfeld having to drive the Bang Bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the cast. It smells of, horrible in here. Just the cast of Seinfeld's all like in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that's how Kramer comes back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's going to let a few in bombs slip, I'm sure. I can't do a Kramer impersonation, but I see his head just turning around like, you know. I can do a Kramer impersonation, but I'm not allowed to say that word. <laughs> but his, his little, like, sporadic thing where his head's bouncing around, I just see him in the passenger seat kind of turn around. He's like, Jerry, Jerry, yeah. there's something going on back there, Jerry. <laughs> there's tits back here, Jerry. <laughs> Newman. Tons of tits. Uh, there's a, on speaking of. Uh, uh, creative ways to get around being racially insensitive. There's a an episode in the new season of Rami. I'm listening. <laughs> There's an episode in the new season of Rami, and I fucking I love that show so much. It's so good. But uh, sh- there's a they're going through like a therapy session. Uh, the sister, 
and this white lady uh, in the therapy session is pretending to be her mom and this white dude is pretending to be her dad (laughs) and so the white lady who's pretending to be her mom her interpretation of what an egyptian palestinian woman is is an indian woman sick so she's just doing (laughs) a thick indian woman accent and like the head bobs and everything (laughs) and then the dad his interpretation of an egyptian palestinian man is borat so (laughs) he's just doing borat and this lady's doing an indian Uh, woman and it's so goddamn funny (laughs) oh that is so true though that's uh, he's egyptian right yeah yeah egyptians are like i don't know what class because we don't see like a ton of egyptians over here but every time i've met one i'd be like i don't know where you're from until they like tell me i'm like oh makes so much sense it's such like a unique class of people i don't know like they're not like middle eastern but I don't know. Yeah, I do kind of associate with them with India more. Well, they're... Really, they're just Africans. No. They're not Africans? (laughs) I don't know. We were just talking about that whole northern part is very confusing. (laughs) Yeah. Is it Africa? Because it's really close to the Middle East. They're the top hat of the Africa. Yeah. is, Is Israel the Middle East? I don't know where Israel is. <laughs> it's not far. <laughs> it's not far from Egypt. <laughs> I think people say it's the Middle East. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, like, Jesus do stuff in Egypt or something? <laughs> Moses I don't know. Was there. I never finished the Bible. <laughs> Did he go to Egypt? Moses was, yeah. Moses. Yeah. But was was he from Israel? Or is he from Egypt? He's a Jew. Where's the bush? <laughs> the Where's that bush? burning bush? Mount Zion. I think that's in that's in uh, that's on the opposite side of the Red Sea. So that's from the Matrix. <laughs> Zions. I don't know about that. The Zionist. Maybe Zionist. Zionist. <laughs> yeah, they, he has an episode where he they went to Israel and they filmed. I'm assuming in the Palestinian part of Israel. Wait, are we talking about Israel or like Kanye's Israel? Uh, Israel. Okay. I yeah. just want to be on the same page. <laughs> yeah. They film like in the Palestinian part of Israel where Israel has basically been like, all of you people go here and we have walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just like, <sighs> Israel's just investing a ton of money into making sure that Palestinian people don't get to leave this area. Of Israel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's this cool strip of land. Yeah. Just <laughs> hang out here. <laughs> That whole, when I found out about that, I think I was in a community college class and they explained the, um, I think it was a whole chapter of the class or the book in the class called the Palestinian question. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about yeah. any of that. I was like, I don't know how I, I don't know how we didn't learn that in high school or maybe we did, but I think I just left too early. It's so but, brief. Cause they're like, yeah, after world war two, they just kind of divvied up this area and you know, yeah, <laughs> just moved yeah. on. And then we're in high school and we're like, yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> On to the next thing. Yeah, we did the same thing here with the Native Americans. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just what people do. Yeah. Just what people do. You just give them a patch of land and say, you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Build a casino, Palestinians. Like, figure it out. <laughs> they did it over here. 
Know, do something with your land. Don't just sit there and complain about it. Jeez. Don't just launch rockets. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> be a dick. You don't see the Native Americans launching rockets at us. <laughs> just deal with it. <laughs> Uh, happy Columbus Day, by the way. <laughs> oh man, that could have happened uh, at one point. Like if the native, if the, the native people here somehow got infused with the Mexican government, who was being fueled yeah. by Russia, and <laughs> the re- reservations started attacking. <laughs> AKs and RPGs around the reservations. Them all with, oh, that would be nuts. You know what? That I wouldn't be surprised if that happens within the next like thirty years. Like that would just be like the next thing. Like all this crazy shit's just been happening lately, and I was like, yeah, sure, let's bring back the Native American War. <laughs> like it's time. Why not? Got nothing else to do. Yeah. Maybe after Russia nukes us for no reason. Yeah. Um. All right. So this is episode one hundred and fourteen of the podcast. This is Devin's mix. Uh, Devin, what is the title of your mix? Emolution Red Edition. Now, Pokemon. I have a lot of questions. I got answers. Because I, I understand why you would make this mix and why you would make several mixes explaining the evolution of emo music. Mm-hmm. Um, but why this mix? <laughs> Well, I found it all started when I found a picture of Emo Charmander. <laughs> and then I just knew what I had to do from there. Because um, RJ does not know that there is RJ, I'm going to explain something to you real quick cuz I don't think you you know this yet. There not. is possibly 3 to 4 mixes in this mix. Yes. That Devin decided to not go 100% on any of them because he's because this is rj this is close to uh what a perfect mix would be but for some reason (laughs) devin decides (laughs) that i'm not going to but i'm gonna make like four mixes into one mix that if he had just changed a couple of things could have been a literally perfect mix i only heard one mix this uh last week so. well i got four more for you coming up so. there's there's so much information in this mix rj <laughs> yes it's it's the emolution so, so but what where did you why did you start here is my question um well okay so i started off chron i have a like a master mixtape that's chronological orders with select songs off of select albums when they came out so it's the order that's in is by the year that it came out mm-hmm. um i started just at the beginning basically to and i put like a little bit of uh variety in there to show the changes and i think it'll make more sense with the but, rest of the mixes but did you start with his bands um I don't know what you're talking about right Oh, my gosh. Wait, Are you serious? Ian McKay? Yeah. Or Guy Piccolotti? Ian. Okay. So. I still don't know what you guys are talking about. Okay. Uh, Ian McKay well, these are was two in the band the Minor Threat. Influential mm-hmm. people to music. Yeah. 
yeah, for all the music that we listen to, and for this mix in particular. <laughs> yeah. So that was for the listeners. I knew. So <laughs> Ian McKay just happened to be a big part of this early part, and I I picked the most the most important songs for me out of the ones that I found from this era. Or this era. So, but you didn't. The way start I broke up the mixes. Him? It's so confusing like, because you've got four out of five Ian McKay stuff. What, what, what do you mean? Start with him? Like, uh, like did you like with did Minor you, Threat? Well, no. Oh, did, you mean what, how I, how I came up with this in the first place? Yeah, like did you? Because it's because it's like okay, the the evolution of emo music. Yeah, and then does it all just does all emo come from him? Is that what you're trying to say? In a sense, yes. Interesting. Yes, but. The first band he is related to, but not in, in this time period. I don't know if he was. Was he in Rites of Spring? I know Guy Piccolotti from Rites of Spring and uh, Ian McKay went on to do something else that that was influenced. I got confused <laughs> looking up a lot of these yeah, as well. It's very confusing. <laughs> it's very confusing. And the... I. I was also thinking about making just an Ian McKay mix, but yes. I was like, that won't fit on one mix either. But it's I could pretty do ten close. separate bands. It's pretty it, yeah. close. Yeah, because like Rights of Spring, I don't think he actually played in it, but he basically did. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm, he, sh- I'm sure there's a show where he sang. You know. Yes. Yeah, I think they were. They were very closely related, and this whole. So the way I broke up the mixes is uh, first wave through fifth wave based on the sound changes during that time. There's a lot of people that debate the years that it started, but from what I was looking up, they're pretty much organized by that. So that being said, the first wave is like 85 to 89 or 90. So a lot happened in that four years, and then the rest of them have, you know, like eight years that that wave was considered like part of the second wave or the third wave was like 10 years long. So there's a lot condensed into this first wave of emo. Well, yeah. And then and it it's, just kind of evolved into something else. Yeah. It's super interesting because this first wave, which I had, I, this was like pretty eye opening of uh, being like, okay, the first wave has to mostly do with these two guys, Washington DC and one show. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. you, like I had no idea it all was boiled down to that. And I'm just yeah. like, God damn it! Because like, when because when you think about like, I don't know. I've I've heard four out of the five of these bands before. The fourth band I had not heard before, and okay. Uh, when I think about these, I never put them at the beginning of this style of music. But in the songs that you chose, it's very clear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I always it's like primitive yeah. uh, origins, basically. Because well, you had other bands like. It's post punk. Like, it's. It ha- yeah. It's. They, they. All these bands have songs that sound closer to that. But you. You were very particular in the songs that you chose to be like, oh, yeah, this is an easy through line. To be like, yes, yes this makes sense. Because I, I would have never have chosen these bands for this. I Maybe wouldn't have either. Band, but. Yeah, so I was kind of the same way as you. Um, I ended up, I came across like an article that was like top 15 emo albums of all time. And that's mm-hmm. what started my my research into this. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to like 
go back to the origins. And then I found a list of like the top emo songs of early emo. And then I was going through them. And, you know, like, like you were saying, I was the same way. Four out of these five bands I had heard, the fourth one I hadn't heard. And there was a bunch of other bands on there too, like The Hated. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck, I forgot the names of the other ones. I think Ignite was yeah, on there, but that Ignite's might be the there. second wave. I bet okay. it's in the second wave, I believe. Okay. Um, but I didn't, I wasn't as familiar with this very condensed early form. Mm-hmm. I would have associated like Nation of Ulysses and City of Caterpillar with this uh, first style and even thrown in Fugazi as like early emo, even well, yeah. even though that's post-hardcore. That's why I was, once I got through this mix and started looking into it, I was like, oh yeah, Fugazi honestly belongs on this mix. Yeah. But yeah, the, I mean, do. they didn't come out till, so it, that's the interesting thing about Ian McKay. So RJ, if you don't know, Ian McKay, the singer Minor Threat, they were around for uh, what, two years, three years or something? Yeah, if that. Like, they were a very brief time as well. And then Ian McKay went into Embrace. Mm-hmm. And then from Embrace, I think, went to form Fugazi with Guy Piccolotti from Rites of Spring. Mm-hmm. So he kind of, it seems like in his eyes, he mastered hardcore and then was like, I want something new. And then invented emo with this other dude. And then it was like, I'm done with emo. I'm going to go on to post-hardcore now. And then, you know, went on to do, like, the band The Evens after that and some other side projects. But he's... uh, Fugazi, I think, was post-first-wave emo, technically. Yeah. I think that was, like, 1989 or 1990? And technically, like, post-hardcore. So I did leave them off because of that. Well, the even like the even what makes it more confusing, but makes it make more sense is just the like because you could have just done it's almost in this mix like you could have just done a mix of the history of Discord of that record company, <laughs> yeah, because that's yeah. here with it as well, yeah. And mm-hmm. Ian McKay's involvement with that is like huge, and I don't know, R- RJ like Ian, Ian McKay he he made Straight Edge. Yeah, he, he came out with the song called yeah. "Straight Edge." He's the one that yeah. said "as straight as an edge." Like he's he's the guy yeah. that made the X up on your hands, basically. Like he is the godfather of not only like because you can point to uh, as far as my understanding, it's always pointed to Minor Threat and Black Flag. Once uh, Rollins was in Black Flag, that's like this is hardcore. This is where hardcore music starts. Is with these two bands. Like sure, mm-hmm. there's like other other things that you could probably throw in there that are just like, well, blah 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 started blah blah blah, but it's like these are the two bands that like this is where hardcore comes from, and like I had no idea because I knew Fugazi was extremely instrumental on emo, um, but these yeah. other bands that he was in that I've never really cared about, I was just like, holy shit, like these songs are perfect, yeah, perfect, yeah, well, it's crazy, yeah, I. I was on the same then, page as you, honestly, and I've heard the other bands also, but I never paid them too much attention until I started researching this. And then, uh, real quick, another article that I was reading was about uh, Fugazi, and they were making the claim that, I, th- I forgot the name of the album, but really only one album by Fugazi could classify as emo until they changed direction slightly uh, to post-hardcore, but... The sound is so like negligible that you don't even really 
it doesn't register really until somebody points it out that it's really mainly focused on the lyrics. Yeah. Which is kind of a through line for all of these mixes that I have because they're more focused on the genre as a whole and more so bands that were important, but also bands that filled in the blanks of, uh, of those spaces. Like, you know, Rights of Spring has to be on this mix because that was the the first one, basically. Yeah. So uh, for the other second, third, fourth, fifth wave, there's bands like that that are going to be on there. But then there's also other bands that hopefully you guys haven't heard of. I'm sure a lot of other people haven't heard of uh, to kind of like fill in the blanks and show how the songs are similar. Because when you listen to Fallout Boy... Like a lot of people know who Fallout Boy is, and they have an idea of who that is, but they don't know other bands from that time and how that associates with the emo category. They just know emo, wah, Hawthorne Heights, sad music, you know. Well, it's it's so cr- <clears throat> it's it's interesting and just it's just crazy to 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 we're going to be listening to this development, RJ, because the second wave is the wave that I like the most. And then once you get into the next waves after that, it drastically changes. Yes. And this is even more confusing starting off here because you basically – so, RJ, you have a mix about the beginning of emo. You also have a mix that's like, okay, this is a lot of like Ian McKay influence stuff, which you also have a mix about Discord, about this record label. You also have a mix about this uh, one festival that happened one summer where it showcased a lot of these bands. And then on top of that, you've got – Washington DC. Yeah. Which I had no idea. Like when I think about early emo, I associated the most when when I was doing my mix with Washington because Washington has so much like early emo stuff oh. coming from grunge. Because grunge Ew. was grunge and metal was happening and then there's these early early Washington bands that are very interesting. Um, that like Sunny Day Real Estate, they're from Washington. Death Cab from Cutie, they're oh, from I Washington, right? So like you got and Sunny Day, like I think they're maybe their first album's like ninety one or ninety two or something, and like yeah. so you've got this weird grunge influence that was like that influences the second generation of emo emo that I didn't understand that there was this punk influence that was also happening from fucking Washington D.C. Very confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very confusing. Well, all this. so that because being said, Sub Pop is, I'm not was fam- so influential. I didn't know Discord was as influential as Sub Pop was. You know? Sub Pop was huge in the Midwest uh, yeah, scene. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I associated the original emo sound for me, which, you know, started in like 95, eh, probably like 93, with and that Midwest fucking, emo sound. Yeah, with polyvinyl and, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, polyvinyl and the uh, and sub pop had a lot of the artists too. Yeah, and uh, same thing when we get to the Midwest era. There's a lot of bands that share the same members. Oh um, yeah, especially on polyvinyl. Yeah, like, yeah uh, I think Owen uh, with the Kinsella brothers, Mike, Tim and Mike Kinsella, hmm. uh, are in countless emo bands from that. Uh, from that era and even like to this day, I think Joan of Arc is still, they might still be around. Owen and Owls are still around and they all come from that Captain Jazz era. Yeah. But what you were saying about, uh, that Washington and the emo sound or the emo 
being influenced by grunge, I was thinking about this recently, and I haven't looked into it, but I'm curious if it was the other way around. Now listening to this mix, do you think that original emo influenced the sound of grunge? Because grunge came around in 90, 91? Maybe? Earlier than that. It's like 88. Okay. Yeah, and it's because oh, okay. it's only because metal had such... It was a, an offshoot of metal that was happening. Okay. Um, but like... So that's a band called Green River. Huh. And Green River is this Washington band that that I think that album came out like maybe 89 or 90. Okay. That sounds like emo with a phaser pedal. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. it's very confusing. It's this is it's just making things more confusing for me. This mix yeah. makes things way more confusing to me. <laughs> yes because yeah. these songs are very clear of being like yeah this is like i can be like oh yeah song five you got saves a day oh yeah song two you've got against me oh yeah you know like yeah. i like you can be like oh yeah this is all this music yes <laughs> yeah and also when we get into the other mixes i i got questions about um alternative rock from the 90s like 90s alternative that we all grew up on the third eye blind and where that came from i'm curious if it came from this era there was a, a picture going around of uh, when Kurt Cobain was on a bunch of heroin. He wrote down on a piece of paper like his top 30 albums. And there was like an Embrace album and uh, Rights of Spring was on there. And I forgot the other ones. But there were some early emo albums on there yeah, as well. Washington. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, it's interesting. When I was listening to all these songs, like for one thing, how much they influenced other music like i question that i don't know if that's a reality or if it's the other way around but also how much they influence each other is interesting because i've never really looked into like you know something that has like a uh, first wave punk to sixth wave punk you know I've never gone are, through the eras have you decided how you're like putting weezer into this because well, as much as we don't like them, they basically were like the forefront of the uh, wave. <laughs> yes. Okay. So they're not they're not on as of now. Uh, but I think if I did put them on, it would have to go in a different direction rather than because there's so many other bands from that era yeah, that edged about, them out. But think about like defining the next era. Mm. Like what uh, other but, what other band from the nineties that's an emo band defined the next era of emo more than Weezer? Hmm. Okay. This is interesting. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do a Weezer deep dive now. My my question is how much of an influence was the Blue Album? Because uh, that was their early 90s album, like the popular one. How influential was that at the time compared to after the Green Album came out and then people went back and listened to the Blue Album? 
I feel like it gained popularity after they came out with the Green Album. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Like, is Pinkerton in between those, or is Pinkerton after? Uh, ooh, because Pinkerton, Pinkerton might be in between those. Yeah, I know the Blue Album has a bunch of the songs that I would categorize as like emo songs. Yeah, and then Pinkerton, I'm not as familiar with. When I last uh, time I listened to Weezer, Pinkerton was a better album to me than the Blue Album. Mm, okay. There was a band called You Blew It. That's a 2000s emo band. You blew it! (laughs) Yeah. So it's B-L-E-W, and they came out with an album called You Blew It, uh, B-L-U-E, and it was just a cover album of, like, five... It was an EP of, like, five Weezer songs from the Blue album. Hmm. That actually made me listen to the Weezer album, and I was like, damn, I like their covers of these songs. And the originals, not bad. But, uh, okay, Weezer... The Blue Album, 1994. Uh, three out of their five top songs are from that album on Spotify. And then Pinkerton is way down here. 96. So 94 Blue Album, Pinkerton, 96, 2001 Green Album. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it waited till the Green Album to have that much... I think I think plenty of people knew who Weezer was during that time frame. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, they got My Name is Jonas. Buddy Holly was their big one. Yeah. Uh, the Sweater Song, Say It Ain't So, In the Garage. So, Cause I mean, that think had of, a like, bunch of hits. A bigger band than Weezer that gets you to Hawthorne Heights. You know what I mean? Yes, I that, agree. There is... Honestly, I didn't think of this until you brought it up, but there is a gap to fill from that uh yeah. that uh, third or second to third wave. It's very Cuz once we get into the third wave, like there are bountiful options because emo was the cash cow at that time. Yeah, but when did that start? Man, this is a very this is a very long conversation, RJ. <laughs> <laughs> because when did a uh, fucking um, what was Chris Carabba's band that was in? Not Death Before Dishonor. Um, I was going to say Dashboard Confessional? No, he was in a, uh, a band before. He was in Further Seems Forever. Further, yeah. And Further Seems Forever started in 98, Ooh. which has yelling in it. Okay. Ooh, interesting. Hmm. Interesting. interesting. I forgot that that was pre-Dashboard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you've got that in '98, and then what? What's a? You've got what's that one band uh, that you guys liked that I never really loved? Um, fuck, really? Uh, they're like considered like Elliot for screamo bands. Oh, <laughs> oh, like from Orchid, like an no. old one? No. Or like two thousands dashboard era. Uh, they became popular in early two thousands. Uh, we've talked about them before. Fuck, what's their name? Uh, what genre? Oh, Poison the Well. No, RJ's not even fucking about? paying attention to us. <laughs> it's Thursday. Like, what genre are we talking about? <laughs> Thursday. Oh, Thursday. So, so okay. Thursday is ninety seven. Interesting. Yeah, they might be but, the one. But that was, uh, that's not full collapse, is it? 
Um, Full I, Collapse I was like 2000? 2001 or something. 2001, yeah. Yeah, I've never listened to any of their earlier stuff before that. I haven't either. Yeah, the, waiting, I would say... Waiting is that, 99. I'm pretty sure that's a Dustin band that showed me and he was like check this out and then he was like probably that was like the, the well and full collapse and like war all the time era yeah. but it's like their early stuff you know it's like coheed nobody listens to second stage turbine blade really <laughs> they listen to <laughs> secret keeping secrets you know obviously <laughs> interesting this is all fascinating this this period right now is i'm very interested into what you're going to come up with because you've got you've got this period the first which we're going to talk about then you've got the second and then you've got like a 2.5 in there to me the what you've got like a 2.5 you've got like a weird middle ground in there mm. that is confusing yeah. yes mm. so hmm okay third wave to come up with yeah, second wave has a lot to offer. Third wave has the most to offer. But I will say this. So when I was looking up like lists of like the top songs from certain eras, this song came out the same year that uh, Screaming Infidelities came out. And they're both emo. So I'm going to play this real quick. So these are both influential emo bands from the same year. So when we get into the third wave. You know who might be a really good applicant? You need a 2.5, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Thinking about this. Do one. You've got AFI. But <sighs> I bet you have not yeah. thought about that. I haven't thought about AFI. He's not a huge AFI fan. <laughs> I, I was I know, the neither. biggest AFI yeah. fan I like the time, but not anymore. I like those first, is it like EPs, those first two? Yeah, they're not, they're not I like long. the Art of Drowning. The Art of Drowning, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. honestly I could probably listen to Art of Drowning now and probably enjoy it. Because I was listening, I think the Art of Drowning, I think when I heard like the whole it was introduced to me, like the whole Taking Back Sunday, and I was like, These this is not Blink one eighty two. This is not M and M and I was like, This is different and I <laughs> yeah, like it. This is yeah. very confusing because you've got bands like Weezer, AFI, like Newfound Glory, um, that like are bridging that gap in a weird ass way. Jimmy World, yeah. even mm-hmm. as much as you don't like them, like I don't think well, okay. Fallout Boy exists without Jimmy World. I'm gonna say once we get to the third wave, the mix that I have right now, well, I think it has like 15 songs, but the ones that I have in the top five, I don't really like like four out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like Jimmy World have like their like their debut album like in '97 or something stupid? Yeah, like but. They've been around the, since the way I'm three. This is what this says. Ninety three, but the That's way crazy. I'm going about the list is, uh, I would say influential songs or songs from influential albums. 
for the genre. You need a point five, man. <laughs> you need you know what because I'm... it doesn't make any sense to go from a band like yeah. Braid or the fucking Promise Ring. Like you could be like Braid, Promise Ring. Okay, this is why you have Death Cab for Cutie. Like you, like you can understand. Yeah. You could be like Sunday Day Real Estate. This is why you have Death Cab for Cutie. But like, you can't explain to me how you go from fucking Mineral to Panic at the Disco. Uh, yes i know it's an abrupt change and i will say even as far as the second wave goes i don't i knocked off promise ring and mineral from that based on the other ones that were available like it's it's hard to do with five songs um yeah but maybe when the third one comes around i mean i'm definitely gonna have extra songs but i'm thinking about just making a b-side to it yeah you know like I can put it all in the same one, or I'll just make a second B side or something. I, because I don't want to do this for six weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, I, it's really it's it's a lot. This is a big task yeah. you've decided to take on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still weeding through like hundreds of songs for the other the other uh, waves, and it just gets harder the further you go. Really, Especially I think when I, I'm getting think... into fifth wave and I'm finding new shit that's amazing. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. That seems easier than this fucking going from two to three. The year it's 2000 easier, is very lot. confusing. It's like, what yeah. happened? Why did Sayosin yeah. become a thing after 2000? Fuck, I don't even have Sayosin on there. Yeah. Have you yeah. Have you even considered Bright Eyes in this? No. Yeah, I didn't I mean, because... <laughs> Because yeah. of all, because of He's all the other bands, since like ninety two, ninety three. <laughs> I know where do you place him? Yeah, like that's got to be a whole other like that's a whole other mix. It's a whole other just emo. bright eyes influenced music, you know, like <laughs> bright eyes going into death cab, you know, like yeah, because that's a whole other that's like indie emo folk. Yeah, like I don't think you get a band like Cursive without bright eyes because I'm pretty sure no, this is well before Cursive. I think they, yeah, they should be. Yeah. I think early cursive, like Domestico, was like ninety six. Yeah, uh, but I don't even know. All right, well, <laughs> I know Ugly Orton was like ninety nine. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, Devin it's a lot decided to, go to do something very complex and confusing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it all came together at once. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about these songs. <laughs> all right, um, you want to do favorite, least favorite? Yeah. I honestly don't know for these, and I'm taking a shot in the dark. But, Mike, favorite song four, least favorite five, favorite artist three. Okay. RJ, you're reversed of Mike, so favorite song five, least favorite four, favorite artist five. That's what I would have picked. Five, four, five. Yep. That's what I would have picked. Yeah. Um, I right. really don't know anybody's opinions on this. RJ, before we go into this, do you have any experience with early emo from this area era? No. None at all? No. Cool. His, all right. Good to hear. He's got before Blink and after Blink. Yeah. And before <laughs> Blink involves Journey. It was just Blink because then they had to add the 182 because it was copyright issues. <laughs> so, yeah, that's as far as it goes, it just goes Blink. Once we go into the second wave... I I want to hear your notes on how these how the second wave influenced Blink. I'd be curious if there's anything that you see in there. Okay. Because I feel like there is, but I don't listen to Blink, so. Hmm. 
Interesting. I you think other Blink bands too. influenced Blink-182? Whoa. No, they, in the, they in did the their sound. <laughs> I think they did. Oh, you don't think the... that they were on the forefront of music? <laughs> You're right. They were revolutionaries. <laughs> I forgot. They were visionary artists. Yeah, where does Green Day play into your email mix? <laughs> okay, Green Day is the revolutionary artist. 1992. In yeah. <laughs> Because there's like, way too many fucking bands that are just like, we love Green Day. And I'm just like, crack them. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> well, I mean, du- Dookie's a great album. No, it's not. So, first uh, <laughs> first song on here is we've got uh, For Want Of by Rites of Spring. Uh, off their self-titled from 1985, this third track, three minutes and ten seconds. Uh, Rites of Spring was an American punk rock band from Washington, D.C., formed in late 1983, along with Embrace and Beefeater. They were one of the mainstay acts of the 1985 Revolution Summer Movement, which took place within Washington, D.C. hardcore punk scene. Uh, musically, Rites of Spring increased the frenetic violence and visceral passion of hardcore punk while simultaneously experimenting with the compositional rules. Uh, lyrically, they also shifted hardcore into intensely personal realms, and doing so are often considered the first emo band, but the band itself rejected any association between themselves and the emo label. The band only performed 19 show- shows, 16 in the D.C. area, 13 outside the D.C. Vocalist, guitarist, guy, uh, pick, how do we? Pic- how? Piccolotti? Piccolotti? I'm going to say Piccolotti. I don't think there's an L, but we'll go with it. Piccolo? Picciotti. Pic- Pic- oh, Picciotti. Yeah. Picciotti. Maybe no ill. Yeah. Uh, drummer Brendan Canty were on, went on to play in Fugazi with producer and former Minor Threat singer Ian McKay in the late 1980s with bassist Mike Fellows formed Mighty Flash uh, and has also had a solo career. Uh, Picciotti um, himself doesn't recognize the attributions of having created emo when asked about it in an interview his response was i've never recognized emo as a genre of music i always thought it was the most retarded term ever his words not mine (laughs) i know there's a generic commonplace that every band that gets labeled with that term hates it they feel scandalized by it but honestly i just thought that all the bands i played in were punk rock bands the reason i think it's so stupid is that what like, the bad brains weren't emotional. What? They were robots or something? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Discord released the band's only demo, entitled Six Song Demo, in October 2012. All tracks on the demo were previously recorded versions of songs appearing on the Rites of Spring album. Um, so I'm familiar with the Rites of Spring. Um, I ha- I've been familiar with them for a long time. Uh, there's a really... I can't remember where. It comes from... Uh, back in the day, RJ, there became this like Ian McKay love that happened. Um, yeah. I don't know where it's it came fan from. Fan base or something? No, it's I just can like, tell you where. The kids in the hardcore scene that like we hung out with, it's just suddenly they found Fugazi. Uh, I had not. Oh, okay. I had heard Minor Threat obviously well before that, but then suddenly they were just like Fugazi's the greatest thing ever. And then Ian McKay became thing, and that's when Brights of Spring was first introduced to me, even though he wasn't in the band. It was just because it's anything that he touched was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I can kind of tell you a little bit, uh, and it does factor into this mix slightly, which I'll tell you at the end. The fascination with Ian McKay came from the American Hardcore book, which they then made into a documentary, 
mm. that more people watched. But Ian McKay was like a big part of that American hardcore book, obviously, because he's a big part of hardcore. Yeah. Um, but I am the opposite where I heard Fagazi before I heard Minor Threat. I didn't hear Minor Threat for very long because even when we were playing in hardcore bands, I never listened to old hardcore. Like yeah. when dudes were getting into Gorilla Biscuits, I'm like, I'm good with my post-hardcore shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with this. Well, it was annoying because I had already heard all that shit. Like I'd never, yeah. like when I was a teenager, that's when I was like in my really big punk phase. And I had heard all of this stuff. I I didn't know what hardcore was. I just knew what punk music was. And I was like, Gorilla Biscuits, yeah. like, they're just like a punk band. I don't understand. Yeah. And then it was later that yeah. like suddenly all these guys were like hardcore kids. I was just like, have you heard punk music? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. Get away from me. Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're you wearing were... leather jackets now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, while, while all those people were fucking listening to new metal, it's like, I wasn't. I'm sorry. I wasn't RJ. <laughs> you missed out. I was. <laughs> you never have you ever listened to Follow the Leader front to back? No. What are you doing with your life? Uh, I've listened to front and back and just random. So it played like uh, I've done that too. Oh, you can't shuffle that album. You can't. Maybe they're self-titled, but not that not Follow the Leader. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I I really uh, I hadn't listened to Rights of Spring for a long time. Uh, really like them. Rites of Spring is a funny. Uh, it's a I forgot. It's an old orchestra number. I forgot what they call those. Um, yeah, uh, a what is it? A composition. Yeah, uh, it's a it's an old composition. It's like Swan something. Lake. Yeah, it's really old. Um, there's even a section of the Rites of Spring song that is basically t- taken and it was added into Star Wars. It's very close to Rites of Spring, um, but. Huh. Um, but yeah, because they, they used it for temp music while they were scoring it. And then Johnny Williams was like, I'll just tweak it just a little bit. <laughs> um, That's so funny, like especially considering the lawsuit of like the vanilla ice, yeah. you know, under pressure thing. Right. Like John Williams can just be like, yeah, I'm just going to take classical music because <laughs> nobody's around to sue me. <laughs> Yeah, so I added a little cello here, and now it's my song. Cool. Good job. Fuck you, Beethoven. <laughs> yeah. You're dead. You can't do shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I like them. I like the song a lot. I'm happy to hear it on here. And yeah, RJ, how do you feel towards this? This song was fucking sick. Yeah. Really? I love yeah. this. I love the energy on it. And so I saw the emo Lucian and I heard this and I was like, yes, 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 yes. Oh. This is all I wanted. That little lead guitar, the vocals, and I was like, oh, I just want to cry. Even though I don't even know what the lyrics are about, I was just, it put me in a good mood. Oh. And I was just, I was amped up and I was like, I just love it. Just, you know, the, the, the lead, the lead guitar, and then it goes into the chorus and I was like, yeah, it was, it was, it was magical. This is fascinating to me. Yeah, because I feel like there's a lot of bands that I don't know where RJ has stood on them. Like, like where does mm-hmm. RJ stand with like a band like Small Brown Bike? Because like that's clearly they're influenced yep. by this, you know. Like that yeah. style. There's so much energy of, in this. I, lo- I just love this song. The song's great. Not quite hardcore. Not quite punk. Not quite pop punk. This were like weird in between. Yeah. Well, I mean, all those genres I have nothing against. I, I've enjoyed many, many times throughout. Yeah. The different type of genres. No, that's the thing. There's all these like offshoots, kind of like what we we're talking about for the last thirty minutes. Like, there's these offshoots of this genre that 
uh, a lot of people know, and there's elements of all of this stuff in a lot of the music, the music that you listen to. Um, but yeah, I'm th- th- this caught me off guard. I don't know if you're connecting with like the rawness of. I mean, the just song? the sound of it, because you could tell yeah. like, this is an older recording. Mm-hmm. It's not the greatest. Yeah. Um, it's on all the small things. <laughs> yes. Um, but just the lead guitar, just kind of going through, and it's, it's over and over and over again. It just sucks you in. I love it, because it's like, I know the melody coming up. His vocals are great with it. And then he goes into the chorus, and it's, it all comes together, I think, with the chorus. Man, I'd so be so I, curious at how RJ, like, I don't know how familiar you are with the, the band Panic, Devin, but, like, this vocal no, is very similar to the dude from panic and it's like that's huh. a hardcore band you know like it's just it's yeah I, i'd be curious where rj falls with some of these bands after him oh. being like i like this song <laughs> yeah yeah what if he just gets into hardcore now like gets into classic <laughs> hardcore like, i never knew this was around yeah like so i will say that that's one point i wanted to bring up that you brought up rj the uh the lead guitar that seems to be a through line through all of this emo music throughout the years, throughout the waves. And that's kind of what I was getting at with the Blink-182 thing, because I don't know of too much other music that had like a strong guitar lead before this era. Because you think about hardcore music, anything that had a strong guitar lead fell more into like the metal category. Like, Like, I mean, I guess integrity kind of bridged the gap, but they were like, I don't know. Their early stuff is just hardcore. Well, it's hardcore. So, I mean, they're now, even, you know, but yeah. like in in '89 yes. and '90, when their shit's mm-hmm. coming out, they're they're just a metal band, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- this, but their stuff, the lead guitar their stuff wasn't like heavy lead guitar either back then. No, like that started way. I would say way later. Like this type of lead guitar is something that like in. And pop punk would be done by the bass. Yes, yes, for sure. Like and the bass would be driving that. And we kind of hear that on song three, yeah, with embrace, which also translates into Fagazi because Fagazi is a very bass heavy band, right? You know, like the the leads are kind of what. The lead guitar is kind of what uh, defines this emo genre from what I've found. Because I was listening to a bunch of shit throughout the years, and that's kind of the thing that sticks, and it just changes throughout the years. And I was like, like I told you a couple weeks ago, I was playing guitar and messing with the uh, like the Midwest emo tuning, the one that, that uh, mm-hmm. the girl from the band Covet uses, Yvette Young. Mm-hmm. And that Midwest emo tuning kind of changed a lot of stuff from then on out so it's interesting to hear the guitar lead evolution and i feel like that's what like the lyrics being emotional define the genre but another aspect of it that i considered part of being an emo song has to have that like lead guitar in there see if you took this out like if you switch roles of the bassist and guitarist where the guitarist came in just playing the standard chords like whatever right mm-hmm. and then you had the the bassist playing the rhythm, if you will, with the lead, I guess. And it would change the song 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, this song was okay. Like, it, was an int- it was an interesting intro. Blah, yeah. blah. No, you'd have like this, a f- this sucked me in with that lead guitar. You'd there. have like a no effects song. Yeah. Kind of like what Mike's saying, like going into a punk or like pop punk mm-hmm. song. Yeah. Like the bass is that driving lead. Well, it's yeah. weird because a lot of the 
it's so bizarre this conversation because a lot of the night once you get to the 90s stuff it's like it's all influenced by like talking head stuff it's all like it's taking that guitar riff and slowing it down and spreading it out you know it's like it's it's not that they're they take all the energy out of it but they definitely just calm calm it down (laughs) yes yeah where they're still talking heads is talking heads is a band that i have been told multiple times by multiple people that i need to get into because it's right up my alley yeah and i still have put it off for a long time yeah but i gotta do that this week or you know like uh you know the band mop the hoople yeah all the young dudes you know yeah yeah like that song rj you know the song right but this guitar riff mott you've seen juno yes and juno okay i've seen juno um Yeah. Okay. Like that's all that, you know, whatever whatever they classified. Cuz it's not post punk cuz that's like from the 70 like 72. I don't know what the fuck you call this. <laughs> it's it, isn't that proto punk? Is that what they call that? I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, so something new. <laughs> yeah, there's that weird genre of like a, yeah, and like televisions, Marquee Moon, Early yeah. Police. Yeah. Well, they call Early Police, I guess, post punk technically. But yeah, that whole I don't know what the fuck that era was. The seventies just kind of got overthrown by disco. <laughs> Uh, well, do we have anything else to say about Rice of Spring? I love Rice of Spring. It's sick. Yeah. Oh, so I I skimmed through just a couple of their songs. I didn't go that much of into a deep dive, but I was like, I like these guys. Just from like the top like three songs that are on there, and I played it all of them, and I'm like, I like it. Uh, yeah. There's not much. There's not much. Oh, yeah. So I probably finished their oldest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So next song on here, we got "Take It Back" by Gray Matter, self-titled, nineteen eighty-five, track four, three minutes and seventeen seconds. Uh, Gray Matter was an American post-hardcore band from Washington D.C. who played in the nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties, and disbanded in nineteen eighty-six, but reformed in nineteen ninety. Uh, Gray Matter officially formed the summer of nineteen eighty-three. Jeff Turner, Mike, Mark Haggerty, Dante Ferrando. I've been playing in bands since early junior high school days. 1983, Dante and Mark were playing uh, in Iron Cross. But when the band's image began to reflect its violent supporters, more of the members of, uh, of the members... Wait. When the, when the band's image began to reflect its violent supporters more than the members themselves, Dante quit. Okay, that makes more sense. I feel uh, like that was the skinhead era. Probably. Might be wrong on that, but... Uh, the band's first album, Food for Thought, was recorded at Inner Ear Studio in November 1984 with Minor Threats' Ian McKay assisting with the production. It was originally released oh. on R&B Records in 1985. Uh, and then in 1986, Discord Records released the EP, Take It Back. Um, 2003, the band reunited for one show. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, I... I'm familiar with Grey Matter. The reason is is because of they spent a long time in I've talked about this documentary before. I don't know where you can get it, but it's this Foo Fighters documentary and one of the episodes oh. they they're like making an album and they're spending time in different cities making uh, songs. 
But anyways, they go to Washington, D.C., and they spend time with Ian, and they basically talk the entire time about Ian up until then they start talking about, like, um, I can't remember if, I think there's, like, a pretty big, like, R&B thing that comes out of there. I can't remember what it is, though. Um, I don't, wait, R&B music? Yeah, R&B music. Coming out In the Foo Fighters documentary yeah. with Ian McKay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. All right. We're on the same page. We're cool. caught up. We're caught up. Oh, together. okay. Uh, and so uh, that's when they talked about Grey Matter. They, they spent time talking about multiple bands in that documentary, and that's what turned me on to some of the Washington things that were happening at that time. Because um, Washington always knew was very important for punk, but did not know it was important for emo. Uh, but yeah, I like this song a lot. This is basically, you can show this song to anyone and be like, have you heard any of the early albums from Against Me? This is where they got their <laughs> yeah. entire sound from. It's just this song. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah, I like it a lot. I like this song a lot. RJ. The song was great too. Um, I like this one a lot. I love the energy on it. I just like the vocals. Not as much of the guitar as like the first one which sucked me in but it was still there it, it was still like you know it, po- it poked his head out a little bit it was chubbing a little bit turtle head poking Tur- yes yeah. <laughs> but um it, it it just you know i have nothing against the style i i do enjoy this and i i was playing this at my my work and i have this little this uh this we'll call him the dishwasher the dishwasher's a little punk guy and He's a little like like midget little? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. he, he he's this is the older guy that he's just like I'm gonna be a dishwasher. That's all I'm good cool. for. So yeah. he's the dishwasher guy. So he comes out and he's like, "This reminds me of No Effects." Uh-huh. I'm like, "Okay." And then in like the next song, this one reminds me of Minor Threat. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> "Okay." And I was like, "I will document that for my notes." <laughs> okay. Hey, you got Minor Threat. Let's so, see you in McKay. So. That is his outside viewpoint of this, and then I was like, "Oh, it's like something about like what was it? What's her name? Black Black Matter, Gray Matter, Gray, Gray Matter, Gray Matter something in there." Yeah. And I said that, and he's like, "Oh, dude, that's like old No Effects times from like the early '80s, shit." And I was like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Dude," and I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Dude," and then he walked away. That <laughs> cool. was our only conversation about this mix this week. Of I so, like this you know. guy. <laughs> nice. um, he's one of those like literally like uh, the rancid shirts. Yeah, he's the Christian of my. Yeah, I was say he's Taco. <laughs> he's basically the Christian, uh, one of our friends. But uh, yeah, I like this song too. Uh, I do like the first one better, but this one is right up there, and I'm happy that it was number two on the on the mix. All right. Yeah, uh, Gray Matter. I was familiar with because of their earlier stuff, and I, I had an album from them. I think their first album a long time ago. Don't remember how I found it. I feel like it was some. It was probably from Taco, actually, from Christian. Yeah. And, yeah. I, like, it was just early punk stuff. But this album was so when I was researching this mixtape, um, they mentioned Grey Matter. And I was like, they're not an emo band. So I listened to this album and read their notes on it. They're saying this was the transition from punk to emo for them. Uh, kind of like what you were saying with the, the Iron Cross stuff. Um, like, they had a shift in directions and uh i was surprised i don't think i'd heard this album before but i heard the earlier stuff and always liked or i liked that back when i was like finding out about punk rock and like i think it was very bass heavy which was why i liked it hmm. yeah do you consider but, yeah, apparently this is their first emo album at this point 
<laughs> do you consider brand I'll answer it. Whatever question. Do you consider brand new an emo band? Because <laughs> you've got a pop punk album, <laughs> and uh-huh. then you've got probably uh, a handful of emo songs on Dejan Tondu, and then you've got yeah. no more, <laughs> no more emo. <laughs> That's post hardcore. Yeah, I would say like that. <sighs> yeah, I would say that later on they get into post hardcore, and. Even your favorite weapon could be a precursor to Fallout Boy Taking Back Sunday era uh, emo, even though it is pop punk. It's congruent with it. That's the that's the hard thing. Like yeah. when it comes to East Coast pop punk, that's very specific and very popular. Like Movie Life, fucking Lifetime, fucking Saves the Day. Like those mm-hmm. bands are like all precursors to emo, but they're not emo bands. Like your favorite, well. Weapon. Is Hello Bastards is emo album. Is an emo album. Hello hmm. Bastards, the Lifetime album is an emo album. I'd say. Hmm. That's a hard one. It is tough. Yeah. Because it's not. You know, if you play that next to the movie Life, it's like, yeah, I could kind of hear it. But yeah. if you play it next to, I don't know what else from that era. Like, I mean, have to that's be tough. That day. it is the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. If you play it next to Saves the Day, I would say it fits in more with that. But, yeah, because during that time is the Midwest emo. So in that stage of emo, like, that kind of defined that genre for the time being. But I would don't, I don't know. Hello Bastards, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just tough. <laughs> like, the movie life, like... East Coast pop punk from that era it's is so, almost emo. I know it's so influential on the genre, but it's pop punk. It's just not our yes. shitty pop punk from the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> like hey. all of those would influence the hey. Wonder Years, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's fine. <laughs> no, I love the Wonder Years. <laughs> See, that's fine. We're all, but we're like, all on the same page. Again. The Wonder Years, people do consider an emo band, but it's really, I mean, the later stuff, more emo. Than the earlier stuff, but the earlier stuff is fucking pop punk. Yeah, <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Can't we just all evolve and change styles and grow and incorporate it? No, all one. If we've only learned anything in 2022 is everything needs a category, RJ, and a label. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. It's called identity <laughs> politics. We need to know exactly what we are. Are you an emo or a pop punk, RJ? <laughs> choose now. Choose now. Choose now. He's a if you say the wrong answer. I'm pop Cancels. emo. <laughs> pop emo. Yeah. The fuck is that? No, Lil well. Peep. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Peep did pop up on the list when I was uh, researching like influential songs and albums. I left him off, but mm. just because it would throw it off in a five song mix. Pop but emo. Ma- Say anything. Made a strong. <sighs> <sighs> I mean, they were in defense of the genre. I just don't know what genre. <laughs> it's a very deep inside joke for say anything fans. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. Mm. Uh, all right. So Fuck. third song on here, we've got Building from Embrace uh, from their self-titled 1987. 
This is the third track, 1 minute and 58 seconds. Um, Embrace uh, were a short-lived hardcore punk band from Washington, D.C., which lasted from the summer of 1985 to the spring of 1986, along with Rites of Spring, Beefeater. It was one of the mainstay acts of 1985, Revolution Summer Movement, and was one of the first bands to be dubbed uh, in the press as emotional hardcore. The, the members had rejected the term since its creation. Uh, the band included lead vocalist Ian McKay from the defunct hardcore band Minor Threat uh, and three former members of his brother's Alex band, The Faith. Um, let's see here. The band played their first show on July 1985. Blah, blah, blah. Following the breakup of Embrace, McKay and ex-Minor Threat drummer Jeff Nelson tried turning their recent one-off musical experiment in England, dubbed Egg Hunt, into an actual band and the project never made it past the rehearsal stage. Egg Hunt has two songs that I'm aware of that are out there on Spotify. Um, Rice is spring to form the short-lived post-hardcore outfit One Last Wish while Bald moved on the moved on to the band Ignition. Uh, McKay eventually directed his energy and creativity towards forming Fugazi. Uh, during the band's formative years, uh, some fans started referring to them as fellow innovators, uh, Rites of Springs as emo core, emotive hardcore bands, which they publicly disagreed with. Um, yeah, I I love this song so much. Oh. This is this is I, I like Embrace. I haven't heard I haven't listened to them in a very long time. Uh, I the song it just it just speaks everything to me. I just love this song. Ooh, yeah. All right. So, RJ. <laughs> so this one lacked a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, brother, who would you say this sounds like, brother? You need to start listening to more '80s goth pop. We'll get you there, brother. <laughs> the like, who would you it. say this sounds like? <laughs> uh, Joy Division. Yeah. Okay, I don't no. like Joy Division. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who, well, that the who talking sounds like the talking that he's doing is very like post punk, like like Joy Division, like these goth mm-hmm. bands that were. I just typed it in my notes. I was like very monotone voice, like it's yeah. just the talking voice. And then I was like, the chorus kind of picked it up because he started like screaming, singing kind of thing. And I was like, okay, oh, yeah. I can handle this. And I was just like, overall, I was just like, I don't uh, it. Especially from the first two songs that went into this one, I was just like, ah, kind of. It. I don't feel that energy as much. Um, Some of the vocals but, on the song reminds me of Bear vs Shark. I'm just gonna say it. Oh care, yeah, what you say, RJ? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck you, RJ. Fuck off. <laughs> um, but it's like I do see how and why it could go on this mix. So I didn't hate it on here. It was just one of those, it's like, it was not my style if I'm like, ooh, I want to pick from this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have nothing against it. It was just like, oh, the first two just kind of amped me up, and I'm like, oh, monotone guy's here. Hi. Um, <laughs> but it, it, I feel like, yet again, it should be on this mix as of where Devin's probably trying to go with this. Don't know if he'll succeed yet. He's got three more months to figure this out. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, but, <laughs> but, you know, it, it wasn't my favorite, and, you know, but it it worked. It worked. Yeah, some of the music so I've been you... listening to a lot lately really has turned me around on the monotone, slow talking voice, RJ. <laughs> <So>. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so RJ, did you listen to any of the other songs? I did not find an opportunity to okay. want to. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so this no. is their so this song building was their second top song Does it on do Spotify. More of the screaming thing. No. I would like but that. Are you familiar with Ian McKay at all, Minor Threat? I've heard I don't recall. Okay. He has a very distinct voice. Mm-hmm. I would say in this song building he doesn't uh utilize that same voice, but their top song, Money. This is Against me, <laughs> exactly. But okay. he he doesn't have as much as the monotone of the monotone. But it's Ian McKay. Um, Just inflictions, but it's like this is the best I can do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I wanted to put this one on there because I felt like it did influence a little bit of the third wave. <sighs> yeah, and the. And a little bit of the shoegaziness, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but in which we kind of get into with the next one, but also in that second wave, there is some shoegazy type stuff. Yeah, shoegazy. Where does, where does my bloody Valentine play into your mixes? <laughs> they don't play it anywhere. We found out that shoegaze is only my bloody Valentine. The genre is strictly that band it's only and no other band. That album and the Smashing Pumpkins album. That's shoegaze. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the definition of shoegaze. And it's done. But, uh, yeah. What about Pieball? Yeah, how do they play? I never got into them, but I don't know where the fuck to put them. <laughs> They're not going on this mix, though. Not uh, not on any of these mixes. What about the Appleseed cast? Have you thought about the Appleseed <sighs> cast and where they? Play I did think this? about them. <laughs> I thought about them. <laughs> thought about a uh, plane's mistaken for stars. They're not on here. <laughs> I don't know why. But there's just so many other things to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else on Embrace? No. Yeah, I love Embrace. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, even through like Minor Threat, I feel like they had a lot of bass heavy songs too. Yeah. That's and just the punk I've just always been, yeah. And I've just always been attracted to the bass heavy stuff, obviously. Yeah. But Fugazi is what got me into. Uh, hardcore in general. Even though everybody else was listening to it, I just never listened to it with them. Yeah, <laughs> I just went straight to post-hardcore and then worked my way back. <laughs> um, all right, so track four on here, we've got Cake by Fire Party. Uh, I think this was made in 1988, but it's on a compilation from the 90s. Uh, yeah. This is the third track, 3 minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, Fire Party was a band formed in Washington, D.C. They were together from the autumn of 1986 to the spring of 1990. Uh, the band members were Amy Pickering, Natalie Avery, Kate Samsworth, and Nikki Thomas. Uh, Amy Pickering is Ian McKay's wife. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, didn't, uh, for, uh, jumped ahead. I, I just heard the name, and I was like, what the fuck? No way. Okay. Uh, Amy Pickering has been involved in the DC hardcore scene as a high school student. Uh, she went on to work for Discord Records. On her first day to work there, she tore down a sign that said, No Skirts Allowed. Uh, Fire Party released a six-song self-titled mini LP and an eight-song album. 
self-titled compilation and the tracks from their two albums plus the Peel session uh, that was later released on Discord in 1996. So that's what this is. Uh, despite the small discography, Fire Party, along with related Revolution summer bands like Embrace and Rise of Spring, had a lasting influence on the artistic direction of American punk. Um, apart from being an all-female band, a rarity in hardcore punk music at the time, drummer Nikki Thomas was also one of the few African-American women involved in the hardcore punk scene. Uh, Jenny Toomey, musician and co-founder of the Simple Machines record label, described Fire Party as the world's first female-fronted emo band. Um, yeah, Revolution Summer had been a phrasing pickering uh, used in notes she sent out to people to reflect a climax the end of something and to re-inspire punks in dc um yeah so i hadn't heard of fire party before um i mean i've never listened to them before maybe their name has came up before i don't know um but i really really like this song um i really really enjoyed it uh i tried listening to other songs on this and it was from them and it it wasn't quite for me some of their other stuff that i tried listening to um but i really like this song um, their other songs were a little bit closer to punk um, than this song is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, RJ, how do you feel towards yeah. this song? Do you hate women, RJ? Um, RJ, do you believe all women? So I hate this song because it has women in it. Okay, <laughs> no, we and don't. How do you feel uh, about Columbus Day? <laughs> and racist people. Uh, so this song, I feel like it went nicely with the last one but I was still fueled up and raging from the first two. I was like, ah, oh, this needs to be more, more, uh, it needs to be a faster tempo. It needs to be something more. And I was like, it lacked that for me. And I was like, yet again, I see why this needs to be on here. I, then I realized every time I heard this song that Devin didn't make the mix for me. He made it for, you know, for myself to distribute, this amongst the fellow listeners. This isn't the pop punk evolution, RJ. Yeah. Yes. So this is I, archival. And I was emo like, all right, I have to look at this differently. And then I was like, all right, the song it fits on here, but it's just not for me. Um, but it, you know, it, it works on the mix. I'm content with it on the mix. It's just not my favorite. So song. dismissive. I was so very dismissive of women yeah. and POCs. RJ does not like POCs apparently. <laughs> and not top ten. Doesn't even like himself. So and not not top ten. Are you a BIPOC? RJ, are you a BIPOC? I don't know. That's when you reply, I'm an X Pac. Yeah. <laughs> and you go <clears throat> suck it. Just in case anybody wanted to know what Devin just did. I did suck it. Yeah, he just did <laughs> suck it. <laughs> With his hands. Mm-hmm. And he's doing a wheelie on a wheelchair right now. <laughs> did you Devin, did you listen to the You Fucked It Patreon episode? Uh, the Suburban Commando? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes. Not, not Suburban Commando. No. no. They have a they released one yesterday. Oh no! I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, okay, it's <laughs> it's oh. gonna make you. It's gonna be amazing. It's just explaining uh, an OnlyFans idea they have for Shaner. That's the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah. But uh, RJ, did Shane, you listen to the Suburban Commando one? Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, there's a comedian Shaner RJ that uh, he uh, is involved with local wrestling, mm-hmm. and I think his bad guy persona is just a guy who. I think he's a veterinarian 
who puts down animals. Like that's his bad guy persona as he just <laughs> kills animals as a veterinarian. <laughs> I want to go to one of their wrestling shows. <laughs> Me it too. looks, it sounds awesome. Like Lemaire's, uh, <laughs> I forgot what it, they're the bad guys, but like they do good stuff or something. It was just such like, like a, the lasagna boys or something weird. The like lasagna that. boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like they're the bad boys, but like they don't want to do bad or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a weird like take on wrestling. Like, yeah, you're autistic. <laughs> Uh, Devin, any particular reason why you put Fire Party on here and not like Beef Eater or whatever? Um, I they showed up on uh, on a list of like recommended songs, and I had never heard them before. Hmm. And I listened to this one, and I really liked it. And I thought it would be interesting to have a female on there because I couldn't think of any other female bands from this era at all, and. I liked the uh I liked the flow from the last song to this one in style um to show a little bit more of like I feel like this song is a more open version of the style of the last song like it's I don't want to use the word shoegaze but it's more spacious like that yeah and that plays into like that informs a lot of uh, mu- more music in the future in the genre. Not saying that they're like instrumental in that, but the sound of this song I found interesting and wanted to add it because it was it was interesting to me and I hadn't heard it before. So it it, it excited me when I did hear it because all the other ones that I what are the other bands there. There's a lot to choose from, but like not as many as the other waves. But a lot of them didn't impress me as much as these guys. Yeah. So I wanted to throw them on there. Nice. Yeah. yeah I like it. I, I enjoyed the difference that it made to the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last song, not least, is Swan Street by Three. Uh, off of the album Dark Days Coming from 1989, track two, three minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, Three was a post-hardcore band signed to Discord Records, originally composed of Ian McKay and Jeff Nelson, along with Jeff Turner and Steve Niles of the band Grey Matter. McKay left the band quickly and was replaced by Mark Haggerty, also from Grey Matter. They formed in the summer of 1986 and broke up in the winter of 1987-1988, a year before their album was released. Uh, Their sole album, Dark Days Coming, was released in 1989 after the band broke up. Um, I really like, I think all of these albums are like remastered or something because I like the sound quality to all of them. Um, yeah, but Gray this, Matter was the only one that was a little bit like trebly for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this song, I think I said this earlier, like you could just show to someone and be like, have you heard Saves the Day? This is where they come from. <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. just this song. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's probably the most uh, pop punk song on the mix, I would say. Um, and bringing in, you know, those elements into, uh, emo, um, this is well before Blink-182 RJ. Um, mm-hmm. so there's suck on still, that. They're still <laughs> out there. They were just little bitch boys in the surf town. <laughs> yeah. They're tiny dicks. Sucking <laughs> on their mama's titties. <laughs> 
I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know how old they are. <laughs> they had to pick. But I'm going to assume they were. <laughs> they had to pick the right side. There's a, I don't know if you know this, RJ, <laughs> but with yeah. uh, Mama's titties, you've got a, a white side <laughs> and a colored side <laughs> yeah, for mother's right. milk. <laughs> Segregated mother's milk. Yeah, they were probably about 10 around this, this time. <laughs> Such a funny bit. It's so stupid. <laughs> Uh, you ever been segregated by titties, RJ? <laughs> I have not. You ever go to the whites only titty? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like the song. Um, I like it. Uh, added an extra flavor to the mix. Um, yeah. Well, I like the song. It's a good ending song, too. I figured it would be RJ's favorite. RJ, talk to us. So this song... If you made more of them like this, I would I would have liked it. <laughs> but you didn't. <laughs> this one's cool. I like this one. The very beginning of the intro, mind you, reminded me of the acoustic tracks from Defeater. And I was like, I love that. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I was like, it, they lacked kind of the rhythm of it because Defeater has a very like rhythmic, just kind of like just kind of a fast strumming, I guess. I don't know what yeah. they do, but they have their style. Yeah. And every time I heard the beginning of it, it just kind of reminded me of it. And then it kind of just changes, you know, once it picks up. Uh, it was a fun, you know, you know, you know, your, your pop punk kind of style genre back in, you know, 89, 86, something. 89, I think. Yeah, and I was like, it's cool because hey, this is something crazy. And, it, and it's like, you know, I like it on the mix. I like it at the end. And I like the energy of it. And it was a good song. It's in my real wheelhouse. Hmm. You know, I didn't like the song at first, Devin. Really? I got to be honest with you. Okay. And I had to get over something. Ooh. Yeah, it was rem- it the Green Day aspect. No, it's the Violent Femmes aspect. Oh, yeah. Ooh, the beginning of Kevin's okay. mix with that the one. The beginning of the song is very Violent Femmes to me, and I had okay. to get over it a little bit. I got over it. I enjoyed the song eventually. Have you heard Defeater? No, 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 no. no. Get out of here. That's <laughs> not going to Defeater. I got Violent a question Femmes for you, is Mike. A very. That's that's if you. That's very. Yeah, it's right there. You okay? You don't <laughs> like Blister in the Sun, right? I don't like. I have that record on vinyl, and you don't like it. I did not say that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you don't like. Please don't go. You I don't, don't like, like the up. Violent Femmes, and mostly has to do with the people that like the Violent Femmes. Mm. I don't care <laughs> about the people that like the Violent Femmes. All right, I watched the Divergent movie series, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Okay, I don't care about the people that like the Divergent movie series. I can never listen to Blister in the Sun ever again for the rest of my life, Mika. That song sucks. Yes. There's other Violent songs Fems. on that album that are really good. Fucking rule. I don't yeah. know if they rule. Like my story is literally Devin's like, check out this band. I'm like, who are, what are they? Who are they? And he's like, oh, they're called the Violent Femmes. He showed me like 10 seconds. I was like, I'm out. No, they're amazing. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Bye. They're a great Pixies era unique band. It played like acoustic stuff that sounded electric. And then he tried to make me watch like a three hour documentary, like live nope. performance or something. <laughs> like that. I was like, I'm just going to go to No, my room. their live stuff's not that great. <laughs> he had weird like hats or something. Good <laughs> feeling? You don't like good feeling? Man, he was on a Who podcast I listened to. Well, I can't remember what podcast he was on. He might have been on Nerdist maybe a long time ago, like in 2014 or huh. something. Yeah. Oh, 
He might have been on Pete Holmes. Oh, yeah. I maybe. feel like I heard something from him. Maybe it was on his podcast. Yeah, it was long time yeah. ago. I feel like I heard an interview with him. And it, yeah, it was fine. Their live stuff is not great. Like they've been around for way too long, or they were out of the game for so long that they're just like one of those revival bands. And I'm like, just just go away. Like just <laughs> stop doing stuff. Yeah. Leave it at the good albums that you came out with. But I don't know. I love Violent Femmes. I love Added Up. Yeah, good feeling. Such a fucking good song. But yeah, Blister and Sons Gay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so for me, Devin... Oh, get- real oh, quick. Yeah. I did want to say I I wanted to put this song at the end because it's at the end of the American Hardcore documentary, which mm. was the first place that I ever heard it. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing it and hearing acoustic guitar in like a, a hardcore emo song, which I feel like they placed it really well in the documentary because the documentary kind of goes to the end of the hardcore phase and into the emo post hardcore phase. So it's really ushering in that style. But also I felt like this one ushered in the next era of emo, the best out of the options that I had. Mm. And I just like the song, but yeah. 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 Did you ever watch green day? Did you ever watch Boston Beatdown? Oh, that sounds familiar. Mm, That's what is that conversation? It's just about Boston hardcore and fighting people. Oh, was it the Blood for Blood documentary? Mm. Or were they in it? I think they're in it, yeah. 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 I don't think... I think I might have seen part of it mm. at Adrian's house or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. All right. So for me, Devin guessed 453. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty close. Okay. Uh, favorite song is 3. Oh. Least favorite is five. Okay. Because of the violent femmes aspect. Okay. <laughs> favorite artist is one. Because I've listened oh. to Rights of Spring the most out of any of these other bands. So Okay. Yeah. Three, five, one. All right. And then Renduru. RJ, so he guessed five four five for you. So I'm gonna freak y'all out here. Ooh, we're getting freaky? Well, no, not really. <clears throat> I mean, not you did really. throw me for a loop right at the beginning of this, so. Not really. I'm just going to give it to you. Ready? All right. One for one. One for one. Mm. The first one made me so pumped up, and I was like, wow. I played air guitar to it, <laughs> even though I wasn't, like, soloing anything, but right. I played air guitar to it. I God rocked damn, out dude. to it, and wow. I was like, I love this. I love the vocals. And do you see the energy in the other last song? I was like, it was good. I liked. I, I love the last song. Okay. I would want to look into them, but I think I'm favoring more for one. And four just kind of was eh. Yeah. I saw a okay. guy at the gym yesterday air air guitar while he was lifting weights. Yeah, I do that with That's my penis sick. though. Yeah, I do it with my penis. Like I literally take at out my gym? penis. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I don't work out anymore? Don't you no one notices gyms. <laughs> You're gonna get on <laughs> sick burn. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Devin had a great no one. No one with ever notices my reference. penis when it's out. <laughs> Yeah. It makes me so Come sad. On. <laughs> guys, guys, it's out right now. Look at it. Come I on. I don't see it. No, it's out. It's out right now. I don't see anything. <laughs> Nothing's happening. Devin called it Littlefinger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Game of Thrones reference. <laughs> we're watching. We're rewatching Game of Thrones, and he was like, uh, I think uh, they're talking about like Khaleesi's kid being born. 
and they're was a black calling him the, the great something. stallion. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I wish somebody called me the great stallion. <laughs> I was like, they'll call you Littlefinger, <laughs> bitch. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, you got your, your Arya with your needle. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. You got a tiny dick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, Mike, how do you think RJ would feel about the band Fugazi? He wouldn't like him. Yeah, I wouldn't like him. Have you heard Fugazi? Heard okay. He gave me one of the. Okay, Devin. As soon like, as he heard Violet hears, Femmes, here's Fugazi singing. Listen he to him. Like it. Yeah, that's what I was. That's kind of what I was thinking. No, this yeah. is back in the day. Devin like handed me like Fugazi, Violet Femmes, and then like the Freaks and Geeks, like you know three seasons. freaks and geeks is an amazing and he's series. like watch all this learn all this and i'll see you in about like a week and i'm like all right did you no <laughs> then you don't even know if you like it or don't like it he would not like it. i didn't listen to any of it so all right well i'm curious about the next phase of what rj is gonna get into because i don't think he's familiar with any of the the second wave yeah um Especially the ones that I picked, but even the ones that you were talking about, like that I don't have on there, I don't know if he's familiar with any of those. Yeah, just the, I didn't know any of these. Like Small Brown Bike and Braid, I'm curious if that's going to be his style. God, because, Mineral is so good, RJ. Yeah. Mineral's I don't think he'll like band. Mineral, though. They're so good. I think he would like, he might like Small Brown Bike, but I think he might like Braid better. What about the ghetto? Which would, yeah, not early. I don't know if you'd like the early stuff. I think you'd like the. Uh, Listen to this. What's RJ. it called? The Guilt Show. Yeah, let's test RJ right now. You're not going to like this thing. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I'm curious how he's going to feel about Sunny Day Real Estate because uh, he's that is a fucking like powerhouse of a band to <laughs> yeah. me. They're so good. <laughs> so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> like, get ready for me to bust your balls. <sighs> okay. going to be bored. Well, okay. What about this? Uh, d- now, we were talking about this band earlier. Does this fall under pop punk or emo? And RJ, do you like it? Great. I like this. So it's got to be fast. Have a driving baseline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark's in there. You hear him? Mark's in there. What about? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, Mark Hobbs. Even though here. he's got cancer, he survived. Hashtag survivor. Okay. I just thought of this, Mike. What what kind of music is this? I ooh, I don't know which song. I'm gonna pick this one. Kid Dynamite. This is hard Yeah, this is hardcore. All right. 
I associated them with Lifetime. Yeah, which Lifetime's a hardcore band. <laughs> not Lifehouse. Yeah. They're not a pop punk band, or Devin. They're a hardcore band. Lifetime is. <laughs> yeah, but they're like... But then they're... Okay. This one? East Coast pop punk, which is almost hardcore. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. East Coast pop punk. Like, what the fuck is I Am the Avalanche? They don't count. I know, but yeah. what are they? I, <laughs> I need know. to know. They're not any. I feel like they are like the My Bloody Valentine of that genre. Yeah. Like, whatever they did, nobody else did with that self titled. Mm-hmm. Like, Say Anything is probably the closest thing. Say anything is pop punk. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> All right, genres. let's wrap this up here. Um, Devin, I'm going to give you a four point eight out of five. Oh, Holy so. hell yeah! <laughs> All right, it's a great mix. There's so much in this mix. This mix could be a five out of five if you had just done some minor tweaks to it. Um, but right. regardless of that, it's still a great mix. Super listenable. Learn some stuff. Four point eight out of five. Sick. I was not that generous. <laughs> I'm a generous lover, RJ. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need to learn, RJ. You know, learn to be a generous lover. So, okay. I, yeah. I went back and forth. That's 69, you, RJ. You had you heard my stories. It was kind of like, I liked it. I didn't like it. It kind of fits it. So it kind of had the weird, do I want to listen to it again? It would should have been on there. Mm-hmm. And it should have been a better mix for my rating. But I didn't. And Wait, it should have been a better mix for your rating, or it should have been a better rating for my mix? <laughs> yes, one of those. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the logical one. <laughs> so I should have gave you higher, because it does make sense for them all to be there, but I still was like, do would I listen to this again? I don't think so. I'll give you a 3.9. All right. You know, not bad. that's right around where I thought you were going to be with it. Because I was like, it's on four territory, because I was like, those are the ones I want to come back to. This okay. one, it's like, those two songs kind of, eh. Okay. Eh. I don't like this emo, eh, yeah. but I do like this emo. So, eh. <laughs> so yeah, three point nine. Yeah, it, it, some, they did need to be on there. You're gonna have to be honestly. So you caught me by with your second wave mix with him, Devin. Uh, I'm not so catering beautiful. it towards. Yeah, I feel like yeah. he's just gonna do it, and I'm gonna give him a rating for anything. Yeah. I, I I'm slowly adding and subtracting things as I'm listening to more and more of these albums that came out around this time to figure out what I want to put in there. But I'm not really the only one that I've kind of catered towards both of you and me is the third wave one because it's so nostalgic for all of us. Yeah. And it's like that one just it, there's so much that could be in that one. But so far, it's basically just like, oh, yeah, I remember this song. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, RJ, you confused me on the first song. You threw me for a loop with the liking Rites of Spring. And I'm curious if you would like more of the older stuff like Nation of Ulysses and uh, City of Caterpillar. And you might actually like early emo and then go backwards and get into hardcore music. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Whoa. Oh, let me... RJ, how do you feel towards this? Let me... I'm just gonna see something real quick. Devin's just like, yes, play. Well, play I want to know. How do you feel towards 
this. Um, I like the second part first more than the first part of that, okay. but I, I could feel it. I like the energy on there. Okay, okay. I know where to go with you with this. Because a lot of hardcore is just to shove it in your face, but I do like the little... Bur- I like the breakdown. Breakdowns are sick. Okay. <laughs> Don't say that. That being said, but I- <laughs> RJ, how do you feel about this? I'm going to be here for I know three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm intrigued. I like this. Okay, let's get to Arjo's next. Sorry, I was just listening to some Indian metal recently. (laughs) (laughs) No more samples. My turn. Yes. All right. Yep. Okay. So this is. I'm just gonna start this off. I'm not selling anything. This is all used cars. Um, (laughs) So you guys have all heard. You guys have all heard this. Uh, I try to stay away from country, but it's back. Okay. Um, so I was like, I wanted to do this because it's just been there. And just to poke fun of everybody else, I call this one some sad man country. Okay. Um, okay. And, and Is the, Whiskey Lullaby on there? The, just, there's nothing new that nobody knows or that has not heard. Sure. I, I don't know. Be- you might be assuming that Mike's heard those country songs that we've heard before. Which he's new to country, so he might not. No, he, Mike, do you know "Don't Take the Girl" by Tim McGraw? Uh, I mean, I've heard the song, but I'm not. <laughs> okay, look, your last post on our group messages is for broke background. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so some of these you haven't. I'm Devin. You haven't heard, but it's just I kind of wanted to go like the older that kind of been there a little okay. longer than new people. Right. Well, I got one I of know. the songs on there. I know all these songs. So this is cool. Fun. You know, I don't know three. Um, and four is a Nine Inch Nails song. So, so fuck off. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to do something. Right. These people have been here a little longer, so they're the old people songs. I like the wrapping up of the the country stuff. I like the yeah, coming so, full circle. So no more ever. Again. No, no. There's going to be more. Yeah, this would be a nice little palate cleanser for my mix. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, because we're. Yeah, my mix is 55 minutes, our chance. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yes. A, I hope nice, it's Godspeed, you black emperor. <laughs> this is a nice little, yeah. mi- nice little palate cleanser to get to my mix, RJ. Yeah, good yes. thing that I usually fall asleep after 30 <laughs> minutes. So Yeah, you're you're not going to know what to do. So, Does yeah. RJ need mushrooms for this next mix? Uh, I don't. Well, it's just. It, or would it, it be too spooky for him? Yeah, I mean, like RJ is just like, are you prepared to go to hell? Like, are you are you prepared we'll figure it out? To are you travel down the river of sticks, brother? So. Are you? Are you ready for RJ's allegory? <laughs> <laughs> the Odyssey, of RJ. Yes, the Odyssey. The Odyssey. Yeah, the Odyssey. Odyssey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Taco Bell, the Panda Express. <laughs> we cover yes, it all. The RC. <laughs> <laughs> now I make sandwiches. <laughs> Damn, I want some Panda Express now. That sounds good. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm excited to just listen to more country this this week. So yeah, yeah. it'll be yeah, it'll be. Uh, I have to plan how I listen to your mix. I'll I'll just start my workouts with your mix and I'll finish. <laughs> I'm gonna try it too. My mixes, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to box to your sad boy country <laughs> mix. <laughs> no, 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 man, man, they're men. They're men. Yeah, <laughs> sad men. Yeah, sorry. True. This is um, true. All right. So if you want to listen to Devin's sweet uh, emotional mix. Uh, then you just go type in five song mixtape, all one word into Spotify, and that's where you can find it. You can find us wherever you get fucking podcasts. I don't give a shit. <laughs> fuck off. You'll, on the fucking internet. This attitude will be for my mix, dude, just so you know. This, this is just my current living attitude. Just fuck off. I don't fucking care anymore. Just, <laughs> this is the nihilism era of Mike. Oh, oh you don't even know. Brother, Hell you don't even yes. know where I've been <laughs> listening to music. Oh, no. German philosophy, brother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I'm all oh, over. No. This is just a precursor to what RJ is getting himself into, what I've gotten myself into. So. Oh, shit. Have you been reading Kant? <laughs> I can't say that. Sorry, Kant? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been reading Kant? <laughs> Emmanuel Kant? There we go. Uh, Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited to just... Just maybe, maybe my mood will change with your mix, RJ. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Nothing matters. So. God, what have I, you been reading, ooh, Kafka? I did, I did hurt myself today. So, oh shit. <laughs> Are you gonna make it next week? Do we have to be worried? I'm gonna. I'm wearing a black turtleneck right now. So you know. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> we care about nothing, Lebowski. <laughs> we care about nothing. <laughs> All right, well, no, Donnie, these men are nihilists. <laughs>